Today on Ever Thine Home, stories of forgiveness. We sat in our living room and the kids kind of wondered, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm sure they were quite confused. Forgiveness is one of those things that says easy, but does hard. As they traveled to their new location, they were attacked by a neighboring tribe and everyone escaped except Teori and she was killed by this warring tribe. If you truly forgive, you, you have to put away the right to punish the other person. Jesus taught that revenge was not the way to make things better. You have to give up uh, the right to bring harm and hurt back to them in retaliation. Kim had a rough background, and Kim had a bad relationship with her daddy. It's in family with siblings and with parents where so often we're hurt the worst, and that is where forgiveness is um, needed the most. listening to Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience God in your home. Thanks for joining us. All of us love a good story. If you're a parent, you know that from a young age, children love being read to, and then as they get older, reading for themselves. Barbara Rainey wanted to put that built-in love of stories to good use. She thought, what if when a family reads together, they could also learn certain values and character qualities at the same time? So she dug up seven great stories from the lives of others, stories that have to do with learning to forgive. She packaged them together in a devotional called Growing Together in Forgiveness. She says stories from the lives of others can be powerful teaching tools. They are, and I think our children today need role models. And it makes me sad to think that some of the greatest role models of the Christian faith are being forgotten. There are people today mm-hmm. who don't know who Corey Ten Boom is, and I just think, oh my gosh, that's tragic. And people who don't know some of the great believers of the faith that we can model our lives after, and we want our kids to know these people because they are great role models. So I think some stories from history are wonderful for our kids because they are inspirational and will help them understand the truths we want to teach as parents. Barbara is joined in the studio today by her husband, Dennis Rainey. Together, they help found the division of crew now known as Family Life. They're speakers and authors with a heart for getting God's Word into the lives of kids and adults alike. When it comes to learning to forgive others, Dennis and Barbara say there's some teaching needed. It's not intuitive. Yeah, forgiveness is a much more complex and a much more difficult concept, not only to teach your children, but to practice as human beings. Because in order to forgive, you have to set aside your own desires to get even or to exact revenge or to make the other person pay or whatever you want to call it, but we all feel that internally when someone hurts us. We want to hurt them back, or we want to get them back somehow. So forgiveness is a much more difficult, much more complicated um, topic to teach than gratitude. Yeah, I I want to read something you wrote in, in the front of your book. You said, because we love poorly, we must forgive frequently. That's a great statement. Because we love poorly, we must forgive frequently. It's not a one-and-done action, although I wish it was. Repetition is necessary. Humility is needed, for we must bow before God Himself 
it is He who instructs us to forgive. He is the one to whom we must answer. He alone is the judge who knows all hearts. And then you go on to say this. You say, and ultimately the power of forgiveness lies in its ability to replay God's forgiveness over and over in our lives. When I read that statement that you wrote, Barbara, I thought maybe as we forgive one another, we have fresh reminders that Almighty God, who is the ultimate judge of all creation, has ultimately forgiven us in Jesus Christ once and for all. He really has sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and to pay the price for all of our wrongdoings. And he has forgiven us so that we know how to forgive another imperfect person. And that's what you're saying. When we love each other and we fail, we have a chance to replay the gospel Mm -hmm. of what Jesus Christ did for us. And get a fresh start. The gospel is all about forgiveness. That's what Jesus' death on the cross purchased. Our sins were forgiven, that is, our debts were wiped clean, and the righteousness of Christ was given to us in exchange. It truly is good news, and it's what we're going to be celebrating soon at Easter time. A great way to teach a spiritual concept like forgiveness is by giving examples, telling the stories of others who've demonstrated an incredible ability to forgive. And that's what Barbara has done in this book. You know, some years ago, Dennis and Barbara were on a ministry trip to New Zealand when they heard an amazing example of forgiveness. We heard the story of the natives of New Zealand. They're called the Maori, and they came from the Polynesian area. And after, you know, I don't know how many years, you know, decades probably that they had been there, there were some missionaries who showed up on the shores of New Zealand as there was the great missionary movement all over the world in the 1800s, 17 and 1800s. And these missionaries landed on the shores of New Zealand and began to build a settlement and began to get to know the natives, the Maori people, and learn their language and translate the scripture into their language. And one of the the people that they uh, met was a a little 12-year-old girl whose name was Teori. And she came to the mission school because that was a part of the way they conducted themselves, these missionaries. They had a school, and they taught the children how to read and write and do other things. And this little girl came to the mission school, and she was very bright. She caught on very quickly. She was one of their best students. And as she grew and got to know them, she received Christ. She learned the gospel story and wanted to know about Jesus. And as a gift, this missionary couple gave her the gospel of Mark, which was translated into her language, into the Mari language. And she, it was, it was such a priceless gift because there weren't very many copies anyway. And she treasured that. She carried it in a little purse around her neck, a little straw purse that she had made because she wanted to keep it close to her heart all the time. And she would go back to her tribe in the evenings after school was over, and because she was the only person in her tribe who could read, she would sit around the fire at night, and she would read from the Gospel of Mark to everyone in the tribe. Well, one day the the missionaries realized that they needed to move their camp, move their settlement, because there was a lot of infighting going on with some of these Maori tribes. And so they made arrangements to pack up and move and move to a little bit safer location. And they agreed with the, the tribal leaders that some of these children who were their best students would go with them so they could continue learning. And Teori was one of them. 
And as they traveled to their new location, they were attacked by a neighboring tribe, and everyone escaped except Teori. She was killed by this warring tribe. Teori's father had been listening to her read about Jesus, and he had been listening about how Jesus came to bring peace and how Jesus came to bring forgiveness. And then Jesus taught that revenge was not the way to make things better. And that was all he had ever known because that was why they were constantly fighting with each other. The man who killed Teori was doing it out of revenge for some other person's life. And so that had to stop. And Teori's father remembered the words of Jesus and he said, I want to be the one to stop this. I will not seek revenge. I will not go kill the man who killed my daughter. I want to believe Jesus' words. He actually did grant forgiveness to this other warrior and the other warrior became a Christian and the truth of the gospel spread throughout these tribes. And today in New Zealand, that story, it's in a book form, is taught to all the children in all of New Zealand. It's a bedrock of that nation's history, the story of this little girl who gave her life to Christ and brought the story of forgiveness to her people. And there's a, a little nuance to that that uh, Barbara writes about in her book, but she, she just left out. The warrior who killed the little girl stole the gospel of Mark. Oh, that's right. From, from, around, her. from her neck, mm-hmm. took it home, and began to read it. She says... The warrior who stole the little book was curious about its contents. He found someone who taught him what it said as he listened. He, too, believed the words of Jesus and felt great regret that he had killed Teori. He decided to ask for forgiveness. Walking a great distance and taking a great risk that he might be killed in revenge, this warrior found both Teori's father and forgiveness. And when I heard it, I thought, I have to tell that in my forgiveness book. You know, you look at this and you think of the passage in the Romans 8, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. Here's a little girl who came to faith in Christ, innocently murdered, but she ended up being the, the messenger of the gospel to two divisions of a warring tribe to bring reconciliation with God but also reconciliation between the tribes. Another role model Barbara includes in her book, Growing Together in Forgiveness, is the story of Olympic athlete Kim Anthony. Kim grew up in the city of Richmond, Virginia, and she became enamored as an eight-year-old girl with the sport of gymnastics because it was on TV in the Olympics when the summer she was eight years old. Beats from one to the higher bar. And she saw these girls doing cartwheels and flips and tumbling all over the mats and doing all this. And she thought, I can do that. I want to do that. I want to become like that. And she taught herself to do cartwheels and flips and aerials and all of these complicated gymnastic maneuvers on her own, in her backyard, and on her concrete sidewalk. And nobody would ever think of doing that kind of difficult maneuver on concrete. I mean, you could kill yourself. But she was young and she didn't really think about that. And so she taught herself to do gymnastics in her backyard and on the concrete sidewalk and jumping off of steps. And 
um, she became quite good. Uh, she was recognized and joined a local gym and was immediately put on their traveling competitive team. And she quickly rose through the ranks um, of gymnastics and began winning competitions and winning awards and medals and, and did all of these things. And eventually she was offered a scholarship to UCLA uh, to be on their gymnastics team. And she was the first African-American gymnast on the UCLA women's gymnastics team. And uh, there she was an All-American. But the interesting thing about Kim's story, and the reason that her story made my book, is because Kim had a rough background. And Kim had a bad relationship with her daddy. And I wanted to tell her story because as Kim grew up, and when she was in college, she learned about Jesus Christ and gave her life to Christ. But Kim took that relationship with Christ and applied it to her relationship with her dad. And she ended up meeting with him and forgiving him uh, face-to-face for all the times that he wasn't there for her, all the times that he uh, didn't give her the love that she wanted. Because a part of that loss in her life of relationship with her daddy was what pushed her to excellence in gymnastics. But I thought as I read her story, I thought, you know, this is a story that many of us can relate to because there aren't too many people who had perfect daddies, right? Probably nobody. All of us grew up with some deficiency. All of us grew up with some loss because our parents weren't perfect and they made mistakes. And there are a lot of daddies who made a lot of mistakes and they need to be forgiven. And so I wanted to tell Kim's story because uh, it's in family with siblings and with parents where so often we're hurt the worst where we suffer sometimes the most profoundly. And that is where forgiveness is um, needed the most because those relationships are the most important relationships in our lives. They're formative relationships. And we're bonded to those people, but we're hurt by those people and we need to learn to forgive them. So Kim's story tells us how to forgive a mom or a dad who has fallen short and made some mistakes that you you have suffered from. Over the years, I've had the privilege of mentoring uh, probably a couple dozen guys uh, along the way. And a number of years ago, I had a young man, uh, as I began to mentor him and talk about where he'd come from, what his background was, and and his his family, it was clear that he had some deep wounds that had been put there by his father. And they had not been reconciled. Uh, he had never really forgiven his father and moved toward his father with forgiveness. And uh, I gave them the assignment to begin working on that. And, and, you know, forgiveness is one of those things that says easy, but does hard if you really do it. Mm-hmm. Because if you truly forgive, you, you have to put away the right to punish the other person. You have to give up uh, the right to bring harm and hurt back to them in retaliation. And I think the best kind of forgiveness is not that which flips a switch and just kind of flippantly, oh yeah, I forgive you. Like like our five-year-old and eight-year-old did when they were growing up. Oh yeah, I forgive you, forgive me. But as an adult, you start looking at forgiveness, especially with a parent. And you go, God has commanded me to forgive my dad, my mom, just as God in Christ forgave me. And that's a process. I mean, let's get honest here. That's not an easy thing to do, especially if the hurt runs really deep. And some of our listeners 
it does. But the command of Scripture is um, you can't bury your resentment alive. And, and that's really what I like about what Barbara's book is all about. It's talking about real people who have endured serious hardship and hurt. You're really pressing people back into those relationships to reconcile with other people. Yeah, because I think that's what God has called us to do. And as parents, we need to train our children to know how to do that because they have to practice it at home growing up because they're going to have to continue to forgive as adults. And if they don't learn the basic principles at home, they're not going to know how to forgive in their own marriages and in their own families and their work relationships and with neighbors. And I want families to have some mental images, some pictures of of others who have done it so they they know how to do it themselves. As I grow older... I want to grow old with a smile on my face. I do not think you can fill your heart with sulfuric acid of resentment, anger, bitterness, and put it in a container and let it reside there without it affecting your face. Your face is going to reflect the corruption of your heart. And Mm -hmm. you just got to keep coming back to the truth and be anchored in that and refuse to be a person who gives in to the dark side of our hearts. Well, forgiveness isn't just for kids to learn. Barbara hopes her book ministers to adults, too. Well, I just remember as a parent when I would read things to my kids, read stories or read books to my children, I learned as much or more than they did. And I know that there are parents out there who don't really have this nailed. I mean, I didn't have it nailed. We had to decide how are we going to teach our children to forgive? What are the steps? What are they going to be? And I know as as a parent, we needed all the help we could get. There's one story before we're done here I want you to just share with our audience. And, And it was, in my opinion, one of the pivotal points in our family where you you humbled yourself and you asked family members to forgive you. Yeah, I did. It was a Thanksgiving, and um, we sat in our living room, and the kids kind of wondered, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm sure they were quite confused because <laughs> I had called this meeting, but I had been through kind of a season in my life. Um, I was probably in my early 40s, and I had realized that even though I had asked my kids to forgive me for all these little individual things that I had done, times when I'd lost my temper, times when I had been impatient, that kind of thing. I just sensed that I needed to apologize to them much more generally and just let them know that I I really wanted to be a good mom, but I was a sinner and I was broken and I had made way more, many more mistakes than I wanted to. And um, that I wanted them to forgive me for being human and for being broken and for being an imperfect mother because I really wanted to give them more. But I had written out this this one-page thing. I cried my way through most of it because I just was so sad that I had failed my kids. And it wasn't that I was a failure because I knew better than that. But I had failed my kids. I had made more mistakes than I ever believed that I would make as a mother because I loved my kids and I wanted to do what was right. But the sum total of my depravity had come out more than I had had intended, wanted, imagined that it would, and I just wanted them to hear that I I was profoundly sorry that they were having to grow up with an imperfect mother. It's like the verse in, in Romans where Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. I didn't want to get impatient with my kids. I didn't want to be angry with them. I didn't want to be frustrated with them because I loved them. 
But I did all those things, and I, I just, I really regretted it. And so I asked them to forgive me for, for all of it. It was a powerful, emotional moment, especially for Barbara, and for that matter, me. Even though I wasn't the one that was asking for forgiveness, I experienced it with her. I think it spoke volumes to our children that she loved them. She did want to be a, a mom who, who loved them well, uh, but that she had failed. And it modeled the very message she's talking about uh, in this new book on forgiveness. Again, the book is titled Growing Together in Forgiveness. It's a devotional book. You can read aloud as a family. It contains seven stories of forgiveness, seven role models for all of us to learn from. On top of that, it's wonderfully illustrated with drawings and photos. For information about how you can get a copy of Growing Together in Forgiveness, head over to everthinehome.com. Again, that's everthinehome.com. Thank you for listening today. Tune in next time when Barbara fields the questions of some younger moms. How do you balance um, making your husband feel respected when you need to be his wife first? Rather what was than the best thing you rather? did um, when your children were fighting? I'm Phil Krause, inviting you to join us for the next edition of Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey.